0: Hello, welcome to Cultural Literacy. My name is Nur Mangera, your host, and today we are looking at Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, published in 1818, and will also be referring to its subsequent manifestations in the 1931 cult classic Frankenstein adaptation, directed by James Whale, and the 2018 release Mary Shelley, directed by Haifa Al Mansour. I believe Mary Shelley's Frankenstein continues to captivate people and has remained a relevant text over time as it reveals the shallowness of human nature in its inclination to abhor, ignore, mistreat, and hate the other, as well as examining the lens human will take in the pursuit of scientific knowledge. Within the epistolary novel, meaning it is written in letter format, the crazed Dr. Victor Frankenstein has constructed a living being from an amalgamation of human parts in his pursuit to animate non-living tissue thereby pushing scientific and ethical boundaries. The monster that has been propagated by ensuing adaptions of the novel following the success of the 1931 film are far flung from the complex personality that Shelley originally crafted. The recent Mary Shelley release has given insight into the early 1800s that Shelley lived in. Within her lifetime, she lived at the height of Romanticism, while simultaneously experiencing the changes associated with the pre-industrial revolution. England and later on the rest of Europe were moving from agrarian to mechanized-dependent societies, especially in the industries of manufacturing, textiles, communication and transport. Increasing trust in science as a result of scientific advancement that improve productivity and efficiency and an improvement in living standards for the middle and upper class so the erosion of the influence of religion in dictating people's understanding of the world around them. As a proponent of Romanticism, Shelley, ex- Shelley examined, an exci- examined an exciting and emerging pseudoscience, galvanism, the use of electricity to bring people back to life. In Frankenstein, the crazed doctor plays the role of God running a current of electricity to bring to life dead tissue. In the introduction of the 1831 edition of Frankenstein, Mary Shelley wrote of Galvanism, perhaps a corpse would be reanimated. Galvanism has given tokens to such a thing. Perhaps the component parts of a creature might be manufactured, brought together, and endued with a vital warmth. The recent film, only released last year, explores the constraints women creators like Shelley faced as a female writer. The novel is a cautionary tale that explores the ethical implications of playing God and interfering with the natural cycle of life. Dr. Frankenstein is a dichotomy to the monster, with Frankenstein almost acting like a character foil to the monster, where despite it being civilized, articulate, well-read, moral, empathetic, and kind, in every way but the one uncontrollable aspect of itself, its appearance. Instead of being treated with love and empathy, it is met by contempt for its appearance alone. Frankenstein is the embodiment of the pursuit of knowledge and through his callous treatment of the monster, we examine how the fear of the other, who is alienated for being different physically, religiously or culturally, leads us to hate and ignore. Frankenstein states, Life and death appear to me ideal bounds which I should first break through and pour a torrent of light onto our dark world. The failure of characters within Frankenstein to overlook the monster's grotesque appearance and to instead appreciate its intellect is apparent despite its effort to be worthy of human affection. For example, it essentially raised itself in the absence of a guardian to tell it right from wrong a role that Frankenstein should have filled if he had not fled out of fright of what he had created. The monster becomes increasingly attached to a dishonored family whose character is as beautiful as their appearance. Despite this, even they, the ideal human standard, could not overlook his deformity. Instead, the monster had only been ridiculed, attacked, abhorred, and denied affection. The creator lacked the humanity to help it when he was helpless. As the monster points out, I am content to reason with you. I am malicious because I am miserable. Am I not shunned and hated by all mankind? You, my creator, would tear me to pieces and triumph. Remember that and tell me why I should pity man more than he pities me." In the modern context, this fear of others worryingly manifests itself in politics and between people, despite globalization, and the resulting breakdown of cultural barriers associated with the spread of 21st century ideas of tolerance and diversity. It forces us to examine if the systems of contemporary society, especially within the Western developed world, are really as forward-thinking as we'd like to believe, or if individually, we unconsciously marginalise groups of people who are different from us. When comparing Shelley's Frankenstein to Wales' 1931 adaption, it struck me by how much the monster's personality was watered down. In the original text, the monster is learned, having read literature like the volume of Plutarch's Lives, Paradise Lost, and the works of notable figures like Numa, Solon, and Lycurgus, only committing the heinous murders of Victor Frankenstein's loved ones, Elizabeth Lavenza, William Frankenstein, and Henry Clerval, after it vowed eternal hatred and vengeance to all mankind from being rejected by the family it had gone to love. The monster of Wales, Frankenstein, lacks his intellect and natural growth, killing without motivation. It grows. Instead, this film created the legacy of Frankenstein that has made it part of modern pop culture. It popularized the tropes of the crazed scientist and the hunchbacked assistant, and has ensured that even those unfamiliar with the original text are aware of the monster of Frankenstein.